0: President Biden and Donald Trump made dueling visits to the southern border. That's where we're starting The Seven from The Washington Post. I'm Hannah Jewell. It's Friday, March 1st. Let's get you caught up with today's seven stories. Yesterday, the leading U.S. presidential candidates went to two different Texas border towns about 300 miles apart. They delivered speeches at about the same time. And they each blamed the other for the surge in illegal crossings at the southern border. Here's some of what Trump said in Eagle Pass, Texas. I always say in speeches and rallies, it's if you take the 10 worst presidents in the history of our country, and you added them all up, all of the problems, all of the lousy jobs they've done. You can add them all up. It's not as bad as this one man has done for our country. What he's done to our country is he's destroying our country. Meanwhile, in Brownsville, Biden blamed Trump for coming out against a border security bill in Congress. I understand my predecessor's legal pass today. So wow. here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. These competing speeches were a preview of what could be a long and bitter general election campaign. Immigration is shaping up to be a critical and volatile issue ahead of November's presidential contest. Number two. Gazan health officials said that more than 100 people were killed at an aid delivery in Gaza City. Many details remain unclear about this deadly and chaotic incident yesterday. But here's what we know so far. A crowd converged on a convoy of trucks making a rare delivery of humanitarian aid to northern Gaza. Then, Palestinian officials and eyewitnesses say that Israeli gunfire killed people trying to reach the aid. They say that more than 700 people were injured. Israeli officials blamed the deaths on a stampede near the convoy. But either way, the incident underscores the desperate plight of Gaza's civilians. Humanitarian groups say Gaza is on the brink of a famine, and it further complicates the ongoing international efforts to secure a ceasefire deal between Hamas and Israel. Number three, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny is being buried in Moscow this morning. Navalny was Russian President Vladimir Putin's leading political opponent. He died suddenly in a Russian prison colony last month. Yulia Navalnaya is Navalny's widow. She has described her husband's death as murder. President Biden has also blamed Putin for the death. Today's events could be chaotic. Riot police and security trucks have been deployed near the church and cemetery where the ceremonies are taking place. Rights groups have warned mourners of possible arrests and interference. You can follow live updates on our homepage. Number four. Alabama passed legislation to protect IVF. Two weeks ago, Alabama's Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos are legally equivalent to children. That ruling caused clinics across the state to stop providing the fertility treatment. It also led to an intense political backlash some Republicans came out in support of IVF. That includes Donald Trump. So yesterday, Alabama lawmakers passed a bill with nearly unanimous support to protect IVF. It shields patients and providers from legal liability if embryos created for the treatment are damaged or destroyed. Terry Sewell is an Alabama state representative and a Democrat. Yesterday, she gave a passionate speech about reproductive health in her state outside the House of Representatives. As we speak, Women in Alabama are protesting the statehouse, asking for their reproductive freedoms and asking not only for an exception for IVF, but making sure that all range of reproductive health services are available to them. Alabama's governor is expected to sign the bill into law next week. Number five. The man accused of leaking classified intelligence on Discord will plead guilty. Jack Teixeira is a 22 year old military computer technician. In April, he was arrested and charged after he allegedly shared hundreds of secret documents with his friends on Discord. That's a chat platform that's popular with gamers. The leaks were seen as one of the most serious breaches of U.S. national security in recent years. Yesterday, a new legal filing revealed that Teixeira plans to change his earlier plea of not guilty. This could mean that he'll get less prison time than he would have gotten if found guilty at trial. Ultra-processed foods were linked to 32 health problems. That's number six. Research published this week found that foods like frozen dinners, sugary cereals, and potato chips are linked to a wide array of health issues. That includes heart disease, cancer, anxiety, and early death. Ultra-processed foods are manufactured with flavors and additives to make them more palatable. But it can be tricky to spot them in the grocery store. It's a safe bet to stick to whole, fresh, and homemade foods as much as you can. But if you're worried about ultra-processed foods, check out the story on our site about how to identify them. You can find a link to it in our newsletter. Find a link to that in our show notes. And at number seven, scientists got one step closer to understanding the origin of life. For the first time, chemists created a compound called pantothene in a lab. It's an essential building block of life. It's critical for energy production in all living cells. The scientists managed to create it in a lab using simple molecules that were probably present on Earth billions of years ago. Scientists combined them and left them at room temperature for months. Their discovery is a pretty exciting development. It shows how these kinds of chemical ingredients may have formed simultaneously and combined to make living cells. And that's a clue to how life got going on Earth. The discovery also suggests that one day, scientists could create life from scratch in a lab, or even on a distant planet. If this idea freaks you out a little, don't worry. That kind of thing is probably a long way off. That's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for something new to listen to this weekend, make sure to check out The Campaign Moment. That's the new weekly series from our afternoon news podcast, Post Reports. It can get hard to keep track of all the twists and turns of an election year. So this series will dive deeper into the top politics stories from each week. You'll hear from Martine Powers and senior political reporter Aaron Blake. He writes the newsletter version of The Campaign Moment. A new episode is released every Friday. And if you want to sign up for the newsletter, just search for it on our website or find the link in our show notes. The assistant producer of The Seven is Taylor White. The staff writers are me and Jamie Ross. John Taylor is our editor. Additional editing by Christina Quinn. Copy editing is by Melissa Noh and Thomas Haliba. Mixing and sound design is by Jim Briggs and Justin Garish. Our theme music is by Edith Mudge. Renita Jablonski is our director of audio. I'm Hannah Jewell. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. I'll meet you back here on Monday.